Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David Frankel. This show is for those that are inventors, entrepreneurs, business owners that want to hear some great stories about other entrepreneurs and business owners, what they're doing, how they did it, how they fail, how are they successful, and just want to know more and more about the day-to-day business so they can learn to make their business better. It's all about the power of peers. So every episode is intended to teach you something from someone else's experience to help make your business even more successful. Thank you for tuning in. Good morning, and welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, Steve M. Frankel. Today, I'm so excited to share with you my guest, Nathan Hirsch, who's the founder of The Outsource School. How are you this morning, Nathan? David, I am great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. So yeah. let's kick off the show like I always do, which is tell us why you started The Outsource School. Yeah, so I mean, I've been a, a longtime entrepreneur, been doing it for 10 years. I actually got into the remote hiring space with my Amazon business. I was in college scaling this baby product Amazon business and I needed to hire people. And college kids became, (laughs) turned out to be pretty unreliable to hire. So I turned to the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers, ended up building my own marketplace called FreeUp to compete with the Upworks and Fivers of the world and pre-vet VAs and freelancers. And we scaled that business and my Amazon business just using virtual assistants. no office, no US employees. And when FreeUp was acquired at the end of 2019, people started reaching out and asking us if we could teach them our systems, our processes. And that's when we had the idea of outsource school to really teach people how to implement VAs into their business quickly and effectively. That's excellent. It's uh, great that you have one business already, success, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know what, let's do it again. Obviously, once you build one successful outsourcing business, or a virtual assistant business, uh, it's not difficult to build a second, third, and fourth, I assume. Yeah, and I mean, VAs are, are so relevant today. And whether you have a brick and order, mortar store or U.S. employees or you're doing everything yourself, having great VAs, but not just great VAs, great systems, great processes, great standard operating procedures, that goes a long way in helping you scale. So give me an example. A lot of people are listening, have their own businesses. I'm sure they thought, hey, I really should hire some help. I just don't know what I can uh, outsource out or what I can trust a virtual assistant to do. Can you give us kind of a, an A to Z or a one, two, three step on what people typically hire assistants for first? Like what's the simplest thing for a virtual assistant to do? And then what you could see them progressively doing uh, to help the business and helping you scale as a result. So I've started three online businesses with VAs and my first two hires are always the same. My first hire is a VA bookkeeper, someone that has a lot of bookkeeping experience. They're not uh, my accountant. I have a U.S. accountant, but they're there to do the daily billings, to upload stuff to Zero, to QuickBooks, to send me monthly reports so I'm on top of my numbers from day one. And I'm not hiring them full-time or, or even part-time consistently. I'm hiring them for five hours a month usually to start. And so just by getting that bookkeeping person in place from day one, that keeps me organized. It gets me away from bookkeeping, which you shouldn't be doing as an entrepreneur. Most entrepreneurs are not good at bookkeeping. And that's usually my first hire. Now, my second hire is a VA to get me out of my inbox. I want to hire someone to work the few hours before I wake up. I usually start work at seven. So they're on from five to seven and they're clearing out my inbox and leaving important emails for me. I teach them how to respond to common situations, which ones to escalate to me because What I found is my most productive time of the day is that first two hours that I'm awake. So I want to maximize that time. So by having someone who clears out my inbox, I don't spend my first hour or two going through it. 
And those first two hires will set you up for success if you're a startup. That's great advice. I hope people are taking notes because I think those are two things that everyone wastes a lot of time doing. Uh, crunch their numbers. Again, as you said, most entrepreneurs aren't great at bookkeeping. So why put your time doing it if you're not good at it anyway? Uh, and it's something that people easily on the outside could do for you. And like you said, number two, uh, having someone deal with your inbox. I mean, it's one of those things where we go from 10 messages in the morning to sometimes even 100 depends on time of year and all that. And it, and it can send you in so many different directions throughout the day based on what's in that inbox. So having someone go through that, I can see that being incredibly valuable. So help me understand, uh, as you've grown, maybe free up, or maybe as you've grown outsource school, what mistakes have you made that you can expect uh, other business owners to probably make in hiring virtual assistants? And what have you learned from those mistakes to help some of the listeners avoid making as well? So every mistake that we teach people to avoid is because we've made that mistake before. And now whenever I talk to entrepreneurs and they say that they've had issue with VAs, whatever it is, the VA is disappearing, not communicating, not doing the work properly. My first two questions are always, how did you onboard them and how often are you meeting with them? And those are the two mistakes that I see people make. So if you think of the hiring process into four parts, you've got interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing. Most entrepreneurs know you need to interview a VA. Most entrepreneurs know you need to train them. And most entrepreneurs know you need to manage them. It's the onboarding that always gets skipped. After you do an interview saying, hey, that was a great interview. I want to hire you at this rate. But first, let's get on the same page with expectations. And we call it our SICK method, which is S-I-C-C, schedule, issues, communication, and culture. And we're going to spend 20 to 30 minutes going through the VA, finding out what other commitments they have. What are the schedule for their other clients? Are they sure they can work my schedule? We're going to go over common issues like computer, weather, internet, power. Make sure they have backup plans. Make sure they know how to communicate those issues. Find out how often they have those issues. We're going to go over communication. What tools we use? What's expected? Do they have to be on Slack when they're working? How quickly do they have to respond to emails? And then we're going to go over the culture of our business, which is unique to us. But we're, we make it clear that no matter how talented they are, it, it's not going to work out if they're not a good culture fit. So we spend extra time up front setting those expectations and even giving them a chance to back out because we'd much rather they back out if our expectations are not in line than us for, to figure that out two months later. And then I mentioned meetings. We just, it's Monday morning right now. We just finished our all hands on deck meeting. We meet with all of our VAs every Monday morning to get on the same page. Then we have team meetings, our marketing team meets, our customer service team meets, billing team meets. And so we get on the same page with those teams. And then we have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with each VA once a quarter. And that's our chance to show appreciation, give feedback, challenge them, motivate them. And just by having that, a good onboarding process and a good meeting process, that alone is going to avoid a lot of the mistakes that entrepreneurs have. Very, very great. That's excellent. And make sure I heard you correct with the sick is schedule, issues, communication, and culture. Is that correct? Yes. Excellent. Now, I think that's great knowledge you just dropped. Hope people are uh, taking notes as they're listening. And if they're listening while they're in the driving, uh, definitely when they get home or to get to your office, uh, listen to this podcast again, because there's some really great tips being dropped when it comes to virtual assistance and setting up properly. There's an old phrase you remind me of uh, by going through your very diligent process, which is hire hard, train easy, which is always a mistake that people make when they're they hire because they need someone right away. And they're not necessarily as hardy, hiring as challenging as they should. They're just trying to get uh, you know bodies in the seat. And then they end up 
turn, you know, turn them over and having to spend more time training and hiring and so on and so forth. Well, with your process of onboarding, it says you truly dedicate a lot of time to making sure everything that could potentially go wrong is discussed up front. Their details, their expectations are up front. It just sets you up for success. And then the training <coughs> after that's easy because you already know each other what you can and cannot do. And expectations are set very clearly in the very beginning. I think it's a big key. So yeah. I, I appreciate you laying that out. Of course. And yeah, uh, it's not a four-hour process. It's a 20 to 30-minute process. And that's going to save you so many hours down the line. And I think a lot of corporations make a mistake in not investing enough in training uh, their new people. And then they just worry about the mistakes they made or they take care of the, you know, the problems that they, they create as a result of, of lack of training. So I, I emphasize tremendously the importance of training and onboarding properly because it can solve a lot of problems for you in the future. Uh, share with us, Nathan, a, uh, a success story, maybe your own personal success story or maybe a client you work with that kind of was, was hesitant to hire virtual assistants and then has hired virtual assistants and now is growing and scaling by leaps and bounds. Can you share a story with us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, w with my own personal story, and I prefer to share someone else's. I mean, you have to remember, I was a stressed out entrepreneur that had no idea what he was doing, didn't know how to hire anyone. My turnover was through the roof. And fast forward to today, I'm, I'm now on business number three, and we're able to hire quickly and effectively and make moves. But a, a client of mine, Tonya Rekla, who was a client of mine at FreeUp, I remember she came to me scared to hire. She had had bad experiences in the past. She was running two or three different businesses at the time, although now she has way more than that. But she was doing everything herself, and it was the whole getting over the, the trust factor. And I remember having a conversation with her, telling her that she needed to be able to let go. She had to trust that someone else can do the work at the same level that, that she can. And a quote that always resonates with me is one from a, a friend of mine, Alex Sharfin, that says, if you think you're the only one in your business that can do what you do, I have news for you. You're not that special, <laughs> which I always <laughs> think it's a great line. And so we started small. We started five to 10 hours a week. The goal to just get her five to 10 hours a week to focus on sales, marketing, and expansion. And then we increased it from there, got her 10, 15, 20 hours a week. And she not only used that time to expand her company, but she used it to start new businesses. And she started implementing VAs in all of her businesses. And fast forward to today, she has a, a, one of the leading podcasts in the business community, which is completely run by VAs. She just shows up and records and from finding the guest to scheduling the social media posts, all done without her. And she has all these sub businesses off the podcast that are completely run by VAs with really good standard operating procedures that she now shares with other people to help them create a podcast or, or do uh, start different businesses or run parts of, of, of businesses um, with virtual assistants. So that's definitely a success story that, that stands out and she's a good friend. That's excellent. That's, that's so great to see someone that's scared and intimidated and uh, afraid to scale suddenly have the confidence and, you know, let go a little bit at a time. I think that's what a lot of people need to do is you do a handful hours a week and see the results and see that they're just as confident as you are, like you mentioned earlier. And then as you get that confidence, like, well, hey, if they can do that, why don't they let them do this too? And then I have more time to do other things and I can work on my business growing and scaling and sales and marketing instead of all the little things behind the scenes that doesn't pay anything, but you need to have in order to, to move forward. Uh, you mentioned uh, a personal success story as well. Do you want to throw one of those in there as well since we have a little extra time? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, just just in general. I mean, my Amazon business, I, I was hiring college kids. I was going in circles with them because they were oversleeping. I, w- I was knocking on their door and trying to get them to wake up and, and just work. And then even when I got to the VA space, I, I remember hiring a really good VA, Chicky Ann, who's now been with me eight plus years, and she was awesome. But my next hires quit. My next hires disappeared. I was going in circles and my turnover was through the roof. And so I went to Chicky Ann and I said, what am I doing wrong? What, what, what are your other clients doing that, that I'm not doing? And she hit me with brutally honest feedback. She told me that I was being direct and I wasn't factoring in the culture differences and I had to change my tone. She told me that the way that I was approaching emails and, and, and meetings was, was not really a, a, the friendly culture that, that they were accustomed to, that I wasn't creating a family. I, I kind of had all these VAs separately doing their own thing and, and I had to find a way to, to bring them all together and get them to like each other, which would make them want to stick around. And she just went on and on about all the things that her other clients were doing that I was not. And that was a really great opportunity for me to learn. And my turnover went from 40 to 50% to now it's less than 5%. I can't even remember the last time someone quit on us. Yeah, we fired a a few people here and there, but nothing big. So I I think that whole thing of being able to listen to feedback and being able to change as you as an entrepreneur is, is incredibly important because if you're making bad hire after bad hire after bad hire, eventually you have to do some self-reflecting and realize that it's either you or it's your process or it's both. And, and once I, I looked at that and started slowly revamping it, that's how I got the hiring process that I have today. That's excellent. And I think it's the most important thing you said there is listen and be open because sometimes we get to the point where we think we know everything and we don't listen to other people. We don't open, we're not open to feedback and that just keeps us doing the same mistake over and over again, the definition of insanity. So it's nice that you, even though you've built a nice business and successful at making money, you were still humble enough to listen to someone to tell you what was going on and why you felt the turnover was happening and, and you're able to make adjustments as a result of her feedback. So it's great that you had someone you could trust that gave you that feedback, but it's even more important that even though you're the, the owner, you're the entrepreneur, that you're still open and willing to listen, which is so important. Uh, next question I have, and we'll kind of wrap up and definitely give us an idea of how we can get a hold of you, how we can learn from you, how to hire the right virtual assistants is, is there a ideal place to find virtual assistants? Have you found a certain culture, a certain part of the world where virtual assistants are born and bred or is it uh, another system that you found works in certain uh, parts of the United States or certain parts of the country? Uh, Give us a little insight on kind of how you found your virtual assistants over the years. So I hire mostly from the Philippines. I, I love their, their sense of family, which is great for growing a culture and a business. They speak English at a, at a high level, which is important for someone like me that, that only speaks English. I found that it'd be very hardworking and loyal. Obviously, price is a factor there. I mean, the minimum wage in the Philippines is $12 a day, so it's not hard to beat that and give people a really good work-from-home opportunity. But I, I recommend my old marketplace free up. And obviously, I'm biased, but I built the free up platform. I, I trained all the reps there. I have a great relationship with the new owners there. And, and I personally hire from there. So um, that, that's where I would recommend going. And I hire people from other places, too, in terms of um, location. My graphic designers from India. I have a U.S. developer. But for the most part, I found the most success with uh, the Philippines. Excellent. I think it's very helpful. And obviously, you have a world to choose from. And what you said as to why Philippines makes sense, does make a lot of sense. And uh, if you have experience working with them, they give you good quality work, the communication's clear, they onboard well, effectively work hard for you, then it's, it's definitely a no-brainer. 
help the listening audience uh, learn how to work with you. Uh, whether whatever information you feel comfortable giving out, whether it be your phone number, your email, your website, social media handles, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. So go to outsourceschool.com. You can grab a, a free trial. We have what we call Outsource School Insider, which is our membership, where you get access to all of our trainings, our exact interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing process, all of our SOPs around operations and marketing from how to get out of your inbox to how to get on podcasts with VAs. And we have a software called Simply SOP that you can get a free trial of as well to help build easily or to easily build SOPs and share them with your VA. So you can get all that separately on the site, or if you become an insider, you get access to everything. And feel free to connect with me on social media, Nathan Hirsch on Facebook or LinkedIn, Real Nate Hirsch on Instagram or Twitter. I'm going to jot all down. Facebook, Instagram was Nathan Hirsch? Yep, Nathan Hirsch. and, and or, <laughs> Facebook and LinkedIn is Nathan Hirsch. Instagram and Twitter okay. is Real Nate Hirsch. Okay. Facebook and LinkedIn was Nathan Hirsch. And uh, for the audience, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and attempt to spell your name properly. N-A-T-H-A-N. Hirsch is spelled H-I-R-S-C-H. Is that correct? Yes. Perfect. Well, Nathan, uh, any last bits of advice, tips you want to leave the audience? I think you did a great job. Uh, short, sweet, to the point. Uh, give us some great nuggets to, to learn from. Obviously, you had to get a way to get a hold of you. Anything else you want to leave us with that you think would be, I don't necessarily inspirational, but just uh, informative, helpful for the business owners that are listening, entrepreneurs that are listening, uh, Anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah, I want to leave people with the same advice that, that I gave, gave Tonya Reckla. So focus on how do I get five hours a week back? That should be your goal. Whether you're an overworked entrepreneur that needs an extra five hours to spend with their family and get away, with, away from business, or you need that five hours to focus on sales, expansion, marketing. If you've never hired before, if you're struggling to hire, focus on the small thing. What are some small tasks you can get off your plate each week to get that five hours back? You're going to learn a lot. You're going to get better at it. It's going to become addicting. And then you can increase from there. I think that's great advice. And I know that everyone likes to be as efficient as possible. And I think if everyone starts thinking about what can they do with an extra five hours, what would they do with it? Would they sleep more? Would they eat more? Would they travel more? Would they spend time with the kids? And when you start having that on a weekly basis, now you got 20 hours a month. You know, and you start multiplying that. It's like, wow, I have a lot of time. That's time for a vacation. That's time for all these things. And my business still runs smoothly and revenue is still where it needs to be. So I think it's a great goal for everyone to have is what could you do or what could you outsource uh, to a virtual assistant to give you even just five hours? It sounds like so little, but it actually does add up a great deal. So I think that's great advice. And I hope people take it seriously and find a way to apply that, that great information, that great knowledge. Well, Nathan, it's been great having you on the show. I appreciate you getting up early with us this morning and taking time out of your business schedule. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you for you know, taking time to speak to us. You too. Have a good day. Thanks, Nathan. Hi, my name is Audrey Bell Kearney, and I am the founder of Pod Chicks International. If you are a woman out there interested in learning how to start a podcast and don't want to be left behind or left alone, I invite you to become a member of Pod Chicks International. There you are nurtured to share your mission and your message with women around the world, people around the world who need to hear from you. You can also learn how to take that message and empower others. So we are here to help you. We are a sisterhood. We're not just a community. We are a sisterhood for those who are looking to Learn how to start a podcast, learn how to grow a podcast, and learn how to use that podcast to grow their business. So for more information about how you can become a member of our sisterhood, go to www.podchicks.com, and that's P-O-D-C-H-I-X.com.
Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We bring products to market that solve clothing-related problems. The first product I'm going to discuss is the Perky Collar. It is a collar support system for dress shirts. Don't you hate it when your collar lays flat, tucks under, one's up, one's down, totally lays flat when you wear a blazer? Well, no more. Here's how it works. Whether you're wearing a button-down shirt or a non-button-down shirt, it works with either one. Lift your collar up, put the perky collar on the collar chamber of your shirt, and then lay your collar down on top of it. Look in the mirror and adjust it so it's even from around your neck. Again, the perky collar sits on the shirt, doesn't touch your neck directly, and weighs less than a half an ounce. So virtually it's invisible and it's weightless. You'll see an amazing difference in how great your collar perks up every time you put on your perky collar. To order, go to perkyllc.com. You're listening to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David Frankel. Last episode, we discussed my invention called the Perky Collar. Now we'll go over some other inventions that we represent on our website, perkyllc.com. Our second most popular item we have, we've sold for several years now, it's called the Pocket Square Holder. And what it basically does is a problem it solves. It prevents pocket squares from unfolding and falling down in your jacket pocket. Great tool, it has a locking mechanism at the very top. Very thin, so it's not bulky. Uh, you simply fold the pocket square however you like, open up the locking mechanism of the holder, drop it in, it locks in place. Now, how do you handle uh, pocket squares where the, the pocket depth is very deep? Well, if the pocket square is uh, the holder, it's the pocket itself is very deep, all you simply do is pull some of the fabric out uh, to make up some of that depth in the pocket. And you take the entire pocket square holder, put it in your jacket pocket, and you're ready to roll. Uh, it makes a big difference, gives you a lot of flexibility in your folding, as well as gives you a great conversation piece, especially if you're not wearing ties anymore, uh, to give you a little pop of color. If you are wearing ties, it also gives you an opportunity to bring out a color that's kind of subdued in the tie, such as if there's a real subtle light blue in the tie, you can then use that pocket square to give you a little pop and help that light blue stand out. Very classy, very elegant. Most days I wear an open collar dress shirt, obviously with the perky collar. Uh, I wear a blazer. I have probably 25 blazers in my closet. You can get them from places similar to Goodwill or Salvation Army if you want to stay on a low budget. Most of those blazers are 5 or $10 at most. Uh, and a lot of your men's warehouse and uh, other Macy's, Belk, uh, Dillard's, places like that will also have blazers on discount. Another great place to find great pricing on blazers is Burlington Co. Factory. So if you're in that budget of, hey, I just got a job and I need to keep my budget low, I'd start with Goodwill. And then if you, uh, as you're making more money and want to find some more unique colors and styles, then I would reach out to Burlington Co. Factory and then some of the big box stores. So that's invention number two. It's called the Best Pocket Square Holder, available on the Perky LLC website. Again, the problem it solves is pocket squares unfolding and falling down. Uh, item number three that's really popular is our product called Magnetuck. And what this does, especially those with the uh, military background, it keeps your shirt from coming untucked. So there's been a product around for many, many years, probably close to 300, which are called shirt stays. It's basically, for those of you not familiar, it's a uh, suspender type contraption that goes from your shirt tail to your socks. So you clip it on your socks, keeps your socks up, and you clip the other end on your shirt tail. And the idea is that it prevents your shirt from coming untucked even as you stretch and bend over and reach up and things like that. The problem you'll, you'll hear from a lot of military people that are required to wear it is that sometimes that clip snaps and 
hits you in the leg or in your butt or your thigh and it causes you to bleed. So it's not a comfortable way to keep your shirt tucked in, but it does work very well. Introducing Magnet Tuck. This is using earth magnets. It comes in two halves, a smooth side and a dome side. And you basically sandwich the shirt tail uh, of your left and right shirt tail with these magnets. So the smooth magnet go, goes on the back side of your shirt because that's against your skin. It is rubber coated, so it's comfortable. And the dome side just goes right on top. And it's a strong earth magnet. So it's going to really, even as you get close to the back side of the magnet on your shirt tail, you'll see it just jump out of your hand and go onto your shirt. So you attach a set of magnets, both the left and right shirt tail. You then pull your pants up. Again, these magnets need to be below your waist because the belt is going to act as a barrier. So once you pull your pants up, fasten your pants, fasten your belt. Again, a belt is required because what's going to happen is that magnet is going to be stopped by the belt line. And assuming your belt is tight enough, it'll hit that belt and it won't allow the shirt to come any, any more untucked than the belt line itself. Very effective. Again, it's called Magnet Tuck. It's available on our website, perkyllc.com. Another amazing invention we have uh, is for belts. Belts are synonymous for never fitting right, always cracking, always having the whole stretch. So what other solutions are there? Well, we have holeless belts. And holeless belts are great because they run on a track instead of being dependent on that one-inch hole. I haven't met a person yet that gains weight or loses weight in those one-inch increments. So it's really a broken system. So let's say you go have a nice meal with your spouse or a girlfriend or whoever it may be, uh, and you go to Maggiano's, you go to Cheesecake Factory, or any place you tend to eat a, a pretty good portion of food. Well, as the meal progresses, your belt starts getting squeezing against your belly and you become uncomfortable. Well, normally you're just uncomfortable or you unbuckle it a whole entire inch. Well, with the holeless belt, what you can do is you can click the button or you can undo the lever and now you can release it one eighth of an inch or a sixteenth of an inch or a half an inch or a quarter of an inch, much, much smaller increments. And they come in a variety of colors, black, brown, white, uh, royal blue, navy blue, you know, light gray, dark gray, a whole a variety. Uh, and it's just a great way to adjust your belt in a much smaller increment. Uh, and it just looks so much better. The buckles are all very sleek, very simple. You can wear them with jeans, you can wear them with khakis, you can wear them with suits. Uh, but most importantly is that it adjusts to your ups and downs of your weight throughout the year, and you're a lot more comfortable. We also have what's called, and that's available on the website, perkyllc.com. We also have what's called button-up collar stays. So those of you that uh, wear dress shirts that have collar stays built in, uh, these collar stays in most cases, unless you're buying a Charles Thruitt or some higher-end dress shirts, the, the collar stays that come with the shirts are very flimsy. If you took them out right now and looked at them, you could probably flick it with your finger, and it would probably look uh, very flimsy. So we carry only stainless steel collar stays. And what's important, though, is that these collar stays come in three different sizes. Uh, and having three different sizes is important because collar lengths do vary from your Jose Banks to your Men's Warehouse to your uh, Calvin Klein, all those dress shirts brands tend to use different collar lengths. So our button-up collar stays come in three different lengths to make sure it fits all of your dress shirt collars. Now, what is the purpose of a collar stay? Well, it was invented back in the 1950s, and the point of it is to prevent a collar from curling. So you still need to wear collar stays even when you wear the perky collar, because the perky collar, as I mentioned in episode one, lifts the collar up so it doesn't droop and sag, but you also don't want the collar to curl. So this is a great tool to keep your collar from curling. And the big important thing to remember is at the end of the day, take your collar stays out, put it back in the collar stay container, and you're good to go until the next day. So no more worrying about your 
dry clean or loosen your collar stays or ironing the collar stays into the shirt and things like that, or the collar stays breaking, you simply take these stainless steel out each day, put it back in the container, and then the next morning you put it back in the, in the shirt collar. So we've covered four things already. In the first episode, we covered the perky collar. We covered the pocket square holder. We covered the magnet tuck, which keeps your shirt tucked in. The pocket square holder keeps your pocket square from unfolding and falling down. And now we've covered button-up collar stays, and we covered the belts. That's our top sellers month after month after month. One of our new products that's not even on our website yet, but it's available only in our kiosk at South Park Mall, is called the lapel project. And this is great if you don't go to a, t a lot of uh, black tie events, but you want to take your existing wardrobe and make a, a blazer look like a tuxedo. It's a way for you to attach either a satin or a velvet uh, lapel to your existing blazer. And these are great tools, uh, again, for that one-off event you go to where you want to have a tuxedo on, but you don't want to rent a tuxedo or have, go out and buy a tuxedo jacket. So this is called the Lapel Project. Great tool. Again, not yet on perkyllc.com, uh, but will be soon. Uh, Fashion-wise, we also have some really cool tools. Uh, one is out of, uh, made out of Utah, which is called WK Wilson. And these are wooden bow ties that have moving gears. These are really cool, great conversation piece. If you go to the website, perkyllc.com, you can see the variety of different wooden bow ties we have. Uh, WK Wilson is the first to come out with these moving gears, and uh, they're awesome, and they're a great conversation piece. Uh, we also have butterfly bow ties, which are very cool. comes in a variety of colors, as you'll see on the website. We have red, we have black, we have yellow, we have green, we have orange, uh, and we have purple. And uh, they literally just sits right on the uh, portion where the collar comes together and is a great little butterfly, great little bow tie, great conversation piece, and all handmade here in Charlotte. And uh, definitely a great uh, color accent to your wardrobe. And uh, you'll definitely get a lot, of, uh, a lot of feedback from people when you wear that to an event. And then the last thing we have are bracelets. These are Soul Rocks bracelets. And these bracelets are just a nice little color accent. If I'm wearing jeans and, a, say, a white shirt, I'll wear uh, a bracelet that has white, which is how light. And I'll wear blue, uh, either a blue tiger eye or a, a blue soda light, just to be a little color pop. If I'm wearing a gray jacket, I'll wear a hermitite, which is a silver. So Soul Rocks are on the website, perkyllc.com. They're nice and heavy. Uh, they're made of elastics. They stretch over your hand. And they're just a great color accent. So again, all these things I've talked about today are all great inventions, plus a couple fashion items that can be found on perkyllc.com. Thanks for tuning in. And next time, we'll have uh, some additional guests. And we'll talk about more adventures of inventing and how we brought each of these products to market.